What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. After a bitter divorce, an actor disguises himself as a female housekeeper to spend time with his children held in custody by his former wife. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Childhood, Childhood. a nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That is what we do on this podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back to another great episode of Ruining Our Childhood, Mm -hmm. a podcast where we like to ruin child's child's <laughs> and childhoods child's hoods child's hoods <laughs> we like to ruin child's oh jeez uh this week we're doing the 1993 classic mrs doubtfire another recent poll winner picked by ryan do you like how cocky you are yep when you do win and then like last week, you were like, let's not talk about this. I don't remember last week. Oh, you don't remember nope. doing the movie we did last week? Nope. I Am Legend? Nope. Starring Will Smith? Don't remember anything about it. Oh, that's Didn't weird. happen. Oh, yeah. interesting. I only interesting. remember the weeks I win. Must be nice. <laughs> so yeah, you won. Okay. Mrs. Doubtfire, probably a bigger success. Yeah. I think financially, probably. Good for you. Yeah. But this is definitely, I would say, the height of Robin Williams' popularity. You think so? I think so. Okay. He was rattling off some uh, big-name movies around this time. It's very true. Yeah. He was uh, quite the movie star. Yes. So go ahead and hit us with some 1993 facts because you're looking at your phone like you're bored. Nope. I was just reading another fact that I was going to throw out there in the facts. This movie was released on November 24th of 1993. It had a budget of $25 million and it grossed $441 million. It won the Golden Globe for Best Musical or Comedy and Robin Williams won Best Actor at the Golden Globes for this movie as well. Uh, Popular TV shows were 60 Minutes, Home Improvement, and Seinfeld. The number one song the week the movie came out was Meatloaf, I'll Do Anything for Love But I Won't Do That. Janet Jackson again, and then Mariah Carey, Hero. Nice. And then popular movies, Jurassic Park. This was actually the number two movie for the year, and the number three movie was The Fugitive. Oh. Yeah. Some Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Or is that Tommy Lee Jones? Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah. I remember that movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, so, 1983, we've definitely done this year before mm-hmm. in our past episodes. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. It's a hard one to come up with. What do you remember about 1983 and this movie? 
1993, I would have been, would have just turned nine. Okay. I saw this in theaters with my grandpa and my brothers, and I really enjoyed it to the point I remember buying the VHS for my mom for Mother's Day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I was like, she needs to see this movie. It's hilarious. <laughs> it was. I don't remember seeing it in theaters, but I do remember we had it on VHS, and it was one of the ones that we actually owned on VHS, because I do a, remember. wasn't an Ashley's dad's <laughs> classic? No. Because I do remember the the front of it with like the kids peeking out mm-hmm. from behind Mrs. Doubtfire and Sally Field looking back at them. And I'll give it up to you on saying her name correctly because I do know I called her Sally Fields yeah. multiple times on a past episode. You did. Yeah. Fields. Yeah. So many Sally Fields. Ugh. The thing I remember mostly from this movie is... That he was a voice actor, and I thought that was cool. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that in a mm-hmm. previous one. And then Mara Wilson's in it. Yep. Obviously, we talked about we talked about this movie a little bit on our Matilda episode. Mm-hmm. Basically, I think it's funny that anybody can get away with donning a disguise and tricking people. See, and that's the scene I remember is when they're trying out all the different <clears throat> looks for him. And at one point, I remember him looking like Cleopatra. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like he looked like a scary witch at one point. Probably. Yeah. It's just going to be a montage of probably really bad cultural appropriations. There was one where, yeah, he puts on a prosthetic nose. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It's going to be interesting. And we mentioned Mara Wilson, but another one of the children's is a Toddy family favorite or an Ashley and Ryan family favorite, Matthew Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's okay. Yeah. I like him. I was in, we like him. He was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's true. And he was on Boy Meets World. That's very true. Yeah. The Lawrence brothers, man. They're just... They were something. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I don't, what are we doing? I don't know. Do you think this movie is going to hold up for you? I think, I think there's going to be some parts that are a little dated and don't age particularly well. Mm-hmm. But I think... It's going to hold up. I know for a fact, like this this and Aladdin made me just think Robin Williams was amazing. Yeah, for and sure. that never changed for me. I think out of any celebrity that passed away, this was the one that upset me the most. And I have just good memories of him. And this is probably my favorite one of his movies. I def- It's definitely up there for me. I think Hook is actually my favorite. Okay. But this one, I think, was probably a close second. And, well, actually, maybe Jack. It's, I know, it's hard to say. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but I do think this movie will hold up. I, I think there will be some interesting things about it that might not hold up. But I think, the, like, the overall message that he was just so desperate to be near his children mm-hmm. that he did this just so he could be closer to his children. I think that's nice. Yeah. Even though it's technically against the law. <laughs> I mean, if you're breaking custody rules, but... That's true. You know. That's a nice sentiment, but you're correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do remember this movie just being hilarious and a, a good time, but then also having just that, that underlying message of... The fact that this family's broken and how it affects the kids and all that stuff. So mm. I think that actually will make it seem like it holds up more than yeah. anything. Very true. 
I think that's something that this might have been like a introduction to divorce for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's probably accurate for me, too. Yeah. I just remember hating the mom in this because yeah. I also and don't I bet you anything we're going to rewatch this movie because I haven't seen it in a while, but mm-hmm. I'm probably going to completely relate to the mom and understand her decisions and why she wanted to end the marriage and and whatnot. But at the time when I was a kid, I was like, why why would you want to get divorced from this guy who's hilarious? Yeah. <laughs> because he's amazing. Yeah. Ugh. But, you know, when you're a kid, you don't realize, like, that stuff wears out fast if you're an adult. Very you, you need, a like, a very steady partner. Mm-hmm. And... Stable. Stable is a good word. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know that we would classify Daniel. I remember that was his name. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wow, Did you think I was giving a shout out to fire. my brother? No. Yeah. No, no. I remember his name was Daniel in this. I don't know why. Oh. I don't yeah, know right. the last time I watched this movie. It's been a really long time for me. But when I was a kid, I did watch it a lot. Yeah. Again, it's it's a totally different world we lived in when we were kids. Because if there was nothing on TV, there was nothing on TV. Yeah. And, and you had movies, to own the movie. Yeah. There wasn't a, I'm going to go put on Netflix. Like, you had to own this. Yeah. And we did. And I know, like, when we got this movie we didn't have a lot of movies either yeah we had probably 10 and you think about how much time you had as a kid too oh yeah he had nowhere to be <laughs> it was amazing i don't know sometimes you're looking at your watch going i gotta get home full house is coming on <laughs> ah! uh, joke that's not gonna make sense it's not it's but fun. if you go listen to the other one and then you bring it back you're gonna go ah that made sense yeah yeah it's not gonna make sense it's at an all. easter egg it's an easter egg that will make sense down the line okay just wait for it guys you'll get it you'll get it <laughs> you're a dork i know um where can this movie be streamed you can stream it on any of the hbo apps hbo max hbo now hbo go i don't know if those all still exist but according to justwatch.com they do okay and maybe direct tv subscriptions all right maybe i don't know uh but those are the two places that you can get them if you already have one of those things. Mm-hmm. And you can rent it like we will because <laughs> we don't own it for some reason. I don't know why we don't. I don't know. We had it on VHS. I think when I would, it would have been a movie that I would have bought, but I think I had seen it too much as a kid that I was like, I don't need to, I don't need to own this. Mm-hmm. I feel like my dad owned it on DVD though. I don't know. I have to ask him. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we'll go ahead and hit that. Pausey pause. And go watch the movie and come back and talk about it. Bye, show. Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching Mrs. Doubtfire, and we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories. Like we always do. And the first category is Well, Hello There. Well, Hello There. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. And there was some. There was not a lot. Not a lot. But also not a little. Yeah. Some. <laughs> Who was the first one you noticed? Uh, Martin Mull. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, we can go over the whole cast to yeah. like the main family, but mm-hmm. uh, Martin Mull was the first person that I saw that wasn't part of the family. He played Justin Gregory, mm-hmm. who 
I'm guessing was Miranda's boss. They don't really talk about it much, and he's only in like two scenes. Maybe even just one scene. I felt like it was maybe just a coworker because I want to say her name is in the name of the company. Oh. It was something Hilliard. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. it was a partner. As I say, maybe it's Gregory Hilliard. Yeah. Interior design. That would make sense. Because he told her that Stu, who is another character. Yes. Um, <laughs> I won't say his name. Um, what, had called and said he wanted to do business with them. So mm-hmm. that's why I assumed he was either her boss or... Her partner, probably. Um, and Martin Mull is from a lot of things. He's yes. been in a lot of comedies. Uh, Grosan- Grosanne. <laughs> Grosanne. Mm-hmm. Roseanne. Clue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a bunch of other shit. Britta Perry's father he on Community. Britta Perry's father on Community. Yeah. Yeah. My first one, obviously, we mentioned earlier Robin Williams is in this. Uh, but the they do show the kids and mm-hmm. the one of the children is Mara Wilson. Yes. She plays Natalie or Natty. Um, and we did one of the movies she starred in a few weeks ago, which was Matilda. Correct. And the other big thing I remember her from was Miracle on 34th Street. That is some of her movies. Yeah. And then uh, we mentioned him before. Matthew Lawrence plays Chris, their uh-huh. son, the middle child. And yeah. He's been in Boy Meets World. He was in a, I think he was in Hot Chick, didn't he play? Uh, it's been a really long time since I've seen that movie. But Rachel McAdams plays the, they say? McAdams. <laughs> I don't Can't know what's talk. wrong with my mouth. <laughs> Rachel McAdams plays the character that Rob Schneider turns into. Mm-hmm. And, or vice versa, I guess. I don't know that I ever saw this movie. I've heard of it. With I know Anna what you're Ferris? talking about. I know the movie. I make but a I... joke about the, you can store your weed in there. That That's is... from the hot chick? Yes. <sighs> Every time we find a box. Every yeah. time me and Ashley are in any trinket shop that opens up and it's a little box, I always tell her, you can store your weed in here. Because that's uh, in Hot Chick, Adam Sandler has a cameo and they're at a shop in the mall and he does that with everything that he's showing them. Oh, oh Ryan. Man. Our marriage is a lie. I, I cannot emphasize the amount of times we've been in World Market or Home <laughs> Goods and I've picked up a little, the book that opens up and it's really a box. Yeah. And I always go, you can store your weed in here. To the point, you're like, I know, I could store my weed in here. <laughs> you're not entertained by it. Oh, God. Oh, Ryan. Sorry. Anyway. Sorry. We got, we got a little under derailment there, but I'm pretty sure Matthew Lawrence is in that movie. Yes. How do you know? You've never I'm, seen it. No, I'm saying yes. That's where we were going with this okay. story. And who is your next person? My next one is the third child, Lisa Jacob. Uh, mm-hmm. She plays Lydia, kind of a bitchy teenager, as you would expect. I looked her up. The main thing that she did other than this was Independence Day. Yeah. I think she quit acting. Is it she an artist or am I thinking of the girl from Jurassic Park? I think she quit acting, but I want to say she might be like a screenwriter. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't she know. quit acting purposefully. Yes. I think I'm thinking of the the girl from Jurassic Park. She's an artist. Fair enough. I was a 90s teen actor that quit acting. A lot They're of doing them. stuff. Yeah. My next one was Harvey Feierstein. 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 Mm-hmm. He plays Frank. 
And he does a lot of voice acting. Uh, he did a voice for Mulan mm-hmm. and a voice for uh, a couple of voices for Family Guy, amongst other projects. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. And I looked him up as well because I was like, I know his voice. Yes. Uh, won a Tony Award back nice. in the day for a play. So He has a very distinct, rustic voice. Yes. Yeah. Sounds like he smoked thousands. A lot of cigarettes. Of cigarettes, yes. Um, and he plays Frank Daniel's father, who is Robin Williams' character. Mm-hmm. Who is your next one? My next one is Polly Holiday, who is the old lady neighbor yes. that calls... I thought she looked familiar, Miranda. but I didn't look her up. She was a secretary in All the President's Men. Mm. But she also was on the TV show Alice. She played the character Flo on Alice, which was a sitcom in the late 70s and early 80s. She won on a, a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress and had her own spinoff. Oh, wow. So I, I don't know why she has such a small part in this movie. I don't know. Hollywood, man. Yeah. But I thought she looks familiar, but... That was... Uh, I was like, she looks really all familiar. All the presence men make sense. Yeah. There's Anne Hanny, mm-hmm. who plays Mrs. Selner, who was the social worker that has to go check up on Daniel and make sure he's not living in squalor, basically, so that his kids can come over. Mm-hmm. And she's been in a bunch of things. Uh, Boy Meets World, Charmed, Liar Liar. Yes. Is what I, is probably the other movie that I remember her from. Because she was uh, Jim Carrey's... Secretary? Secretary, yeah. yeah. Um, and she actually passed away in like 2001, I think. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't see that on her uh, Wikipedia. Which Very is sad. sad, yeah. Yeah. I mostly remember her from this movie, though. Yeah. And just the whole scene where she's doing the checkup on him. and I always to... remember her rubbing the meringue <laughs> on, on her, her face. face. Yeah. yeah. Who is your next one? My next one was James Bond himself, Pierce Brosnan. Yes. Like I just mentioned, played James Bond in, I believe, four of the Bond films. And he was Remington Steele. And he's Pierce Brosnan. He's been in a ton of things. Thomas Crown Affair. What yeah. was he in? Was he in um, Kingsman? Ooh. I feel like he should be. But I don't think he is. Maybe I'm making that up. I'm looking him up because I know he was in something very recently that we saw him in. Oh, um, The End of the World. Or am I making that up? The end of the world with the... Simon Pegg and Nick Frost? Oh. He plays their teacher, The right? world's end. The world's end, sorry. Yes. Wow. Yes. I suck. You do suck. Uh, Mamma Mia. That was oh, yeah, thing yeah, yeah. And Remember Me with Robert Pattinson. And yeah, just, oh, yeah, he plays his dad. Just a bunch of things. I never saw that movie, by the way. Wow. You're a terrible person. What? Why? 
because you love the R-Pats. I do. It seems like it would be really sad. I, once I read what the premise was and what happens at the end, I was like, meh, I don't need to see it. Yeah. I'm good. You ruined the movie for me, you know? Yeah. Not you. No, no. You <laughs> for like a second, I, I thought you were like, you ruined it for me. I was like, well, it came out 10 years ago. <laughs> no, not you specifically. My next one was Robert Prosky, who mm-hmm. plays Mr. Lundy, who ends up being Daniel's boss at the TV studio. Mm-hmm. He was the judge from Miracle on 34th Street. That's basically the only thing I remember him from, but he was also in Hill Street Blues and on an episode of Cheers. Oh, okay. You hit the nail on the head the, for what I remember him from. Yeah. My next one was Rick Overton. Okay. He plays the host at the restaurant that they go to celebrate Miranda, who we didn't mention earlier. That's Sally Field. Sally Fields. I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> joke. He played Mr. Beasley on The Office. Okay. But Pam's he's... dad. Yeah. Okay. Crazy character actor, though, was in Beverly Hills Cop. Pretty much going through his IMBD. Basically every television show you could ever think of, he was on at some point. Who was he in this show? Movie. He's the host or the maitre d' at the restaurant they go to. Oh, okay. He did look familiar. Yeah. And he kept giving Robin Williams dirty looks the whole time. But but the big thing I remember him from was uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Okay. Um, That's pretty much all I had. We talked about everybody. That's all I had. Not too long. No. Not too short. Some. Some would say some. Yeah. Do you want to move on? Yes. <laughs> the next categories called kids would call it a throwback we call it the prime of our teens or children times yeah um where we talk about fashion offensive jokes or dated references and that's about it in this category mm-hmm. for some reason i always want to say a third thing maybe mm-hmm. we should just make up a third thing i did want to i was thinking about it specifically for this movie was that there was a lot of jokes that I didn't understand as a kid. Yes. In this movie specifically, and I'm sure it's happened several times in some of the movies we've rewatched, but it's like jokes that weren't maybe not meant for children. The adults understand them or scenarios that I didn't quite understand that mm-hmm. now that I'm rewatching, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. But the whole dinner scene. Yes. Yeah. As a kid, sure. didn't make sense. Why? Why he was so sloppy. Yeah, he was so sloppy, and you brought up a good point. It's the classic cliche of yes. somebody doing two dinners in the same restaurant, and they have to go back and forth between ta- uh, tables. Although this one, Robin Williams is switching back and forth yeah. between Mrs. Doubtfire and Daniel. And you brought up a good one when he was switching to Mrs. Doubtfire at one point. He was dousing himself in perfume. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's drunk. Yeah, because he... like, oh, good point. When he has a meeting with Mr. Lundy, he has like four scotches. Yeah. In a matter of a very small amount of time. I mean, it's movie time, so it could have been like 20 minutes for all we know, but that's still he a was, lot of booze in They were like all time. doubles, yeah. too. And so <laughs> when he gets to the bathroom and he's dousing himself with uh, perfume, I when I was a kid, I was confused by that. I was like, why is he doing that? Yeah. And I realized, oh, because he smells like liquor. <laughs> he's boozed up. And then I did not really understand when he comes back to Mr. Lundy and Mr. Lundy's like, he's still wearing some makeup. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're wearing lipstick and uh, something else. 
Oh, are perfume. you the perfume? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I I'm, saw an old girlfriend, and but he's just so drunk, and yeah. I never understood why he was so sloppy, and because I didn't at the time didn't really know the effects of alcohol as no. much he as I do in, now. He walked into like a counter, <laughs> and then also I realized when he goes to pour the pepper on Pierce Brosnan's food, yeah, he's walking through the kitchen, and he is. Bouncing, yeah, he is using the counters in the kitchen for stability. And I was like, oh, it all makes sense. I think as a kid, I thought it was just like the stress of having to juggle between going between the tables Mm -hmm. and switching your appearance. It's like, nope, drunk. (laughs) (laughs) That did not help matters. No. Um, But anyway, fashion. Fashion. A lot of uh, early 90s fashion. The big thing I noticed was... Chris has a terrible haircut. Yes. Matthew Lawrence's hair is awful. It's like they use that succum cutter from the Wayne's World. (laughs) Wayne's World? It's a suck. (laughs) Yeah. It sucks while it it cuts. cuts. (laughs) Yeah, it's a terrible haircut. Yeah, it was very, very horrible. Mm -hmm. I loved everything that Lydia wore. I would totally rock all of those things. Because she wore like a vest, I think, at one point. I want a vest. Yeah. But... When Daniel would switch into Mrs. Doubtfire, he was very elegantly dressed as yeah, your like usual, an, usual old lady. Yeah, like a woman of her, her age Yeah, at that time. Very elegant, British, proper. Proper. I think the only thing that I had was really none of the female clothes were too outrageous because I think a lot of the styles, again, have kind of come full circle. Mm-hmm. They're kind of in again. Um, but Chris and Daniel's clothes... In the beginning of the movie, when they're he throws a party for his kids, mostly for Chris because he's turning twelve, and they're both wearing super baggy clothes. I mean, I think it's actually come back a little bit in certain aspects, but just not everything baggy. Like yeah. maybe one baggy item, and then you know your pants are nice and cut slim, but ugh, just... baggy pants. In the nineties, everybody was just swimming in their clothing. Pretty much, it was a good look. <laughs> sure. I did like when uh, Daniel's at the birthday party and he just has the top button buttoned on his shirt and every all the rest of his buttons are undone because he's trying to look cool yeah. for his son. But it's funny because I feel like, and maybe this is obviously one of the issues in their marriage is that his dynamic, his kids don't see him as a parent. They see him as their buddy. Yeah. So they were happy with him dancing with him on the table when... Miranda comes home and she's the she's the bad parent. She's yeah. the parent that has to be strict and that's what causes the strain in their marriage because he never wants to take anything seriously. When I was a kid, it was like, oh, that's a naggy parent. As an adult, when I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, you just came home to a fucking zoo in your house. Yeah. I don't blame you for being pissed at all. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was parts of, and we'll discuss them, I'm sure a little bit later, of Miranda that I felt was being a little too unfair mm-hmm. because he is a good father i yes. think overall but he is irresponsible and i guess he doesn't have like a real day job so that's a factor i guess but she seems pretty successful they have a nice house mm-hmm. have a very nice house they do like a little too nice for probably an interior designer i don't know she owns her own business i was gonna I'm say sure. her name was on the building on the wall yeah uh what Offensive jokes and dated references did you have? So this movie is based on a person dressing as a woman 
-hmm. And he does it as a means to an end to be able to spend time with his children because his wife asked him for his divorce and then he's not given full custody. Mm-mm. He's he's given like he gets visits every once a week or something like that. Yeah. And because he doesn't have a traditional job and it's not very steady and then he lives in one of the most expensive cities in the world. Of course he can't like live in a really nice apartment with what he's making. Mm-hmm. So that's a, I know that's a factor. Um but so he dresses as a as a female and I think there there is a lot of uh transphobic type jokes not i won't say a lot but there is they do exist in the movie Mm -hmm. when chris finds him peeing in the bathroom and he's like call the police and you're like whoa calm down kid but that was actually my cringiest moment yeah but i'll talk about it here was you know right away he freaks out and he's like mrs doubtfire has a penis and right away daniel tells him he's like it's me Right. Uh, It's dad. And he tells him, he's like, I didn't have any surgeries or anything. He's like, it's all a costume. And then Chris wouldn't hug him. Yeah. I didn't get that joke. Even even back then. Yeah. I didn't get that joke. When I watched it here, I was just like, okay, he just told you, like, you know why he's doing this. Yeah. It's your dad, dude. Like, I guess, I guess maybe uh, he's trying to process like the fact that his dad would dress up. As a woman, like, it's the worst thing in the world, kind of. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just don't get... I don't get that... It's it's very transphobic to me. Yeah. Because also, he knew Daniel as Mrs. Doubtfire as well and was very fond of her. Right. So, it didn't really make... It doesn't add up to me. Other than the outfit and the makeup is very well done to yeah. the point he might have been like, I can't wrap my head around it, but I'm it's still like, like... creeped out about it. Still like Lydia immediately... Yeah. Gave him a hug. I'm like, it's your dad, you dork. And then he's like, I get it. It's a guy thing. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What does that mean? You can't I, hug your dad? Yeah. Or, yeah. But you hugged your dad in a previous scene, I'm sure. Yeah. But you can't hug your dad because he's wearing a basically a fat suit with female breasts on it. Yeah. I don't know. I get how this movie could seem transphobic to, especially to people in the trans community, because it does poke fun at the concept of changing your appearance Mm -hmm. and while daniel's not doing it because he wants to become a woman he's just doing it as a way to be closer to his children it still kind of pokes fun at the 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 even the thought of him having to go to those extremes and i'm using a air quote the extremes Mm -hmm. of changing your sex essentially but that was honestly the worst part was when chris finds him and there there was another one that that I felt like just like the judge at the end yeah. when when he's caught he at the restaurant he saves Stu from uh choking and then that reveals that he's wearing a costume mm-hmm. and the judge was making judgments as it as if he maybe he was considering you know like transitioning or something yeah and he's like we don't want to put your children through this mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And, and they were going to send him for psychiatric evaluations. Yeah. yeah. That... And it's just, even he makes like in a very impassionate speech about how he was driven by that because he he loves his kids and he's a good father. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in the first place, he shouldn't have been given the, the one day a week, you know, 
Yeah. It didn't make sense that that's all he was awarded. Yeah. Because I know Miranda was frustrated with him, but also even she knows he was a good a good dad to these kids. Yeah. That you would go in and be like, yeah, just Saturdays for a few hours. That's all you can see your kids for. What? But you picked you always picked your kids up from school when you needed to. Like, yeah. you were there for your children. Yeah. I think it would have made more sense if he was never around for his kids and he was always late and he was a screw up in that sense. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have full rights to your children because you can't put them first. But he clearly put them first. Maybe a little too much yeah, at it, times. It didn't make sense that there wouldn't have been joint custody awarded. Yeah. Off the bat. Although I will say the judge was like this. One. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions, Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. We'll all be reevaluated in 90 days. We just want to see that you can get an apartment and establish employment. And then he establishes all that, but because he did what he did, which I'm not saying is right. No. Because he did deceive people, mm-hmm. but it's still shitty to, in the first place. Um, Very much so. Did you have any data reference or kind of went on a yeah we really got deep into like some plot points daniel drives a sweet station wagon with some wood paneling yes um kids are watching dick van dyke and uh natalie likes to read charlotte's web that's all i had that's true (laughs) the the only other joke i did not get as a kid and i would like to put in this category was at the dinner scene after daniel or Mr. He goes back to the table and Mr. Lenny's like, oh, you have lipstick on and you smell like perfume. And he's like telling him, I hooked up with an ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And he's like, does your girlfriend have a girlfriend? And meaning like, does your girlfriend have a friend that, for me, for him? But then Daniel's like, hey, it's the 90s. <laughs> Thinking like, oh, does your girlfriend have an actual girlfriend? Yeah. Uh, which I just put in the references because he said, hey, it's the 90s and that automatically dates the movie very true and haha lesbian reference i don't haha <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't get that joke when i was a kid no there was a lot that <laughs> flew over my head I as was a just child like, he's talking does your girlfriend have a girlfriend yeah uh did you have anything else i did not are you ready to move on to our next category yes we're gonna go ahead and Fire up our television and watch some old Dick Van Dyke and talk about some technology. There wasn't a lot. The only thing I had was Miranda when she puts the ad out for Housekeeper and then Daniel's basically like prank calling her with all these crazy people. She has a very clunky flip phone Mm -hmm. and she's like talking to one of the callers while she's driving. That's the only thing I noticed. I mean, there was a lot of telephones and stuff, but they didn't. Yeah, it's just the usual things that you would expect in a movie from yeah. 1993. And there was corded phones, boxy television. That's... The remote that Mrs. Doubtfire throws into the water tank mm-hmm. because Lydia's... Being a bitch. <laughs> she is. Um, was very big. <laughs> it was a very large remote. But yeah, I didn't really have anything else. I was just excited with the soundtrack that 
uh, at the beginning, they were playing Jump Around at yeah. Chris's birthday party. Some House of Pain. Yeah. I always remember that scene, partly because of the dumb dancing that Daniel and Chris do yeah. on the table with his friend. But also, yeah, it's that song. Yeah. Jump Around. There was some good uh, other songs on this. They had Luck Be a Lady by Frank Sinatra. Papa's Got a Brand New Bag by James Brown. Mm-hmm. Dude Looks Like a Lady by Aerosmith. And then the other one, Walk Like a Man by Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. They had to get you on all those, hey, it's a lady It's a man dressed up like a lady. Yeah. Other than House of Pain, obviously. Yeah. What was your funniest? Or what are we doing? Where are we? (laughs) We're not even. We need to get digging. Uh, Did you have anything else? Uh, That was it for that category. Okay. We can move on. Sorry. I'm just like. What's going on? What's going on? The next category is called, Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot and the plot holes. And we uh, name our funniest and cringiest moment, which Ryan already said is cringiest. But I digress. Mm -hmm. Uh, What did you think about the plot? I understand the... Um, Daniel wanting to see his kids more often and he's going to an extreme to do it. The part that I I don't know that this could be made today because when he calls and tries to be this fake person, I'm assuming Miranda would do her due diligence and Google said person and see that Mrs. Doubtfire does not exist. I mean, if you want to just move right into potholes, I thought the fact that he was calling and doing all these voices which they established very early in the movie that he likes to do voices and mm-hmm. that he's very good at impressions. Yes. So you're telling me that your wife of 14 years has never heard any of these impressions that you're rolling through? Yes. If you tried to prank call me, I would know it was you, even if you're really good at doing an impression of a random person. Because you've heard all of my voices. Yes, I've heard all of your voices. I know them very well. Yes. So the fact that they're getting divorced doesn't surprise me if she can't even pick up that her ex-husband's prank calling her. The other thing is, it's all unnecessary. Yes. He could have called her as Mrs. Doubtfire and blow her socks off of her and her be like, this is the person. (laughs) Blow her socks off of her? Yeah, blow her socks off of her. But this is the one. (laughs) She seems like a sweet lady. This is who I should hire. Why are you going through, you know, Layla get back in her cell and all this like... You don't need to he, do that. He's building up her desperation almost that he doesn't even have to sell, oversell Mrs. Doubtfire, even though he does sell her perfectly. She sounds like a dream. Mm-hmm. But he's still like that's that desperation of like anybody will do as long as they're not crazy. Yeah. And sound like they're going to murder my children. And the other part is he puts all this effort in, but he didn't put the effort to think of a name. That's true, which is a total classic movie and television thing when you're caught in a line, you got to make up a name, you yeah. look around the room, and you're just like... It's going to be Space Mansion. I looked at the pictures on our wall, and we have Space Mountain and the Haunted Mansion, guys. Ariel Marvel. There you go. That's the name. Yeah. But yeah, that was my biggest pet peeve about the whole thing. Did you have any other plot holes? Because I had a couple. I thought it was interesting. It's not really a plot hole. More of an observation. It seems like Miranda's driving a Ford Taurus. Yeah. But they live in this house that I would assume probably costs about $5 million. Yeah, maybe she's not a big car person. Yeah, but Ford Taurus? Ford Tauruses are amazing. If you say so. 
says the guy that drove a Ford Tempo. I wasn't living in San Francisco and in a really nice house. I was 18 and living with my parents. That's true. (sighs) I also drove a Ford Tempo, by the way. Yeah. Hold back the judging. Well, I'm not saying Ford Tempos or Tauruses were bad cars. That's true. My other one was, so they go to the pool, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Stu invites the whole family to go and Mrs. Doubtfire for some reason. And Mrs. Doubtfire's at the bar drinking because obviously she can't go in the pool because her body's made of like foam. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a dead giveaway. She would just like float. Yeah. And Mrs. Doubtfire slash Daniel overhears Stu talking to this guy. And when Stu walks away... The guy's looking over at Mrs. Doubtfire and, sh- and Mrs. Doubtfire says it in Daniel's voice, like, what are you looking at? And I'm like, why would you say that to somebody that clearly knows Stu? Like, he could tell Stu, like, there's something up with that lady. Yeah. She sounds like a, f- a 40-year-old man. The only thing I can think of was he was, the implication was that he had finished one beer. Yeah. And he had already gotten the next one. I, I don't know how many he's had, but I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, why would, come on, dude. Yeah. Get Focus on the game. Yeah. You yeah. got to be using your Mrs. Staffwire voice right yeah. now. 24-7. Did you have anything else? You brought it up when they go to the pool. It's uh-huh. not a plot hole. It was just kind of like, what the hell? The kids are all wearing sweaters oh, when they get true. to the pool. It's They're... San Francisco, though. Then don't go in a pool. <laughs> also true. I was like, Lydia, you're in like a really thick sweater. Maybe she... the pool is heated. I don't know. Uh, there was no steam coming off that pool. That's true. Yeah. You're you're very correct. Yes. Who knows what time of the year it is. No they one don't, does. They don't care. No. I also wondered how much time, obviously some time had gone on, on between when they actually got a divorce, when the court uh, proceedings were, when he turned into Miss Doubtfire and he'd been with them for like a month or two. Mm-hmm. But I felt like her dating Stu seemed very sudden and even when i was a kid i felt like whoa 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 lady you just got divorced you're already like up on pierce brosnan it seemed like they have their initial court appearance and he awards daniel 90 days to get his life in order and then at the end when they have the second court appearance i feel like that was 90 days later yeah so that's a great point. She's already in a very serious relationship with Pierce Brosnan. I don't know if it's like a serious relationship, but one thing about this movie is that they don't really show them like kissing or showing affection or anything. They just go on, they spend time with each other and it seems like he spends time with the kids. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another thing. Like if you're getting, if you've just gotten divorced, you'd be wary about bringing a guy over to meet your kids because if you're just getting back in the dating game, who knows how long this is going to last. Yeah. Apparently she was just like, hey, I've dated him before and I, I want to date him again. And you know what? I can't blame her. I, I think it's funny because it's another thing when I was a kid, I hated Stu. I thought Pierce Brosnan was like this evil villain. Yeah. And while he is kind of douchey. He's, he's still not bad. No. Like the whole scene at the pool when he's talking to his friend and his friend's like whoa 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 you're dating a lady with kids Mm -hmm. and for some reason when i was a kid i thought he was like talking shit about the family but he actually is like yeah her her kids are great yeah and i'm ready you know i'm 40 years old i'm ready to have a family and i was just like oh there's nothing wrong with this guy (laughs) other than he's kind of the direct opposite of daniel yeah 
but doesn't seem like that bad of a guy. He's just as hairy. <laughs> but I mean, like, he's driven and more yeah. serious and... He's very successful. But I also get Daniel's jealousy of him because he is kind of swooping in there. Mm-hmm. And the kids seem to like him for the most part. They don't hate him. No. Because he's a good dude. Yeah. I have one last one. And it's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Daniel has Colin and gotten the job as Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh-huh. So now he needs makeup. So right. he goes to his brother, Frank, who is a Conven- makeup artist. Yeah. Who conveniently does makeup and yes. special effects it looks like yeah because if you look at mrs doubtfire he's clearly good at what he does yeah but i felt like they're going through all these different trials of trying to come up with a look for him and it's cleopatra there's one that's clearly barbara streisand it's, it looks like cleopatra but i think it's just like a like a lady from jersey okay well none of them make when you look at that did you go that's mrs doubtfire yeah and when he's barbara streisand is that mrs doubtfire none of those have the look of an old british lady yeah and all of them look just like robin williams with a nose or a wig on that's true so i'm like why are you guys wasting your time because it's funny it was it's a great scene yeah that actually leads me to my funniest moment was that moment because just mostly when they're singing uh fiddler on the roof and when he does his barbara Yes. That was pretty funny. That was, that is the scene that stands out for me from my childhood. Yeah. I always love that scene. Same. Yeah. The matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. <laughs> because he also, he's like, I look too much like Bubby. Like, yeah. Like they're Bubby. And then like at the end, Frank says, he's like, if I get any better, you'll look exactly like mom. <laughs> yeah. Which is another thing that I'm like, if you do kind of even resemble your mom, how is that not a red flag for Miranda? Yeah. When she first sees sees her. Definitely. What was your funniest liner moment? I had a lot of the moments that I remember from my childhood, but there was one that I never picked up on and I was like, that's pretty damn funny, is Miranda asks Mrs. Doubtfire how her husband died. She yeah. was like, how did Winston pass? And he goes, he was quite fond of the drink. And she goes, oh, was he an alcoholic? And he was like, no, he was hit by a Guinness truck. It literally killed him. <laughs> and I was just like, that's such a good like joke. And it was dead humor. I was like, oh, that's so funny. And it, as a kid, I never caught that. Yeah, there was a lot of just like under the breath jokes. And I was reading in the trivia that uh, Chris Columbus, who directed this mm-hmm. movie, really let Robin Williams just kind of go nuts mm-hmm. with his improv and then they just kind of took what they thought was best but they even had so much material that they could have made this movie like fit every single rating depending on what jokes they wanted to use really yeah i did see and it makes me want to buy the blu-ray there's like 30 minutes of deleted scenes oh geez it, it's probably amazing yeah what but. was your cringiest moment because i already said mine just it wasn't necessarily like cringy like oh my god that's so dated but just almost like realistic cringy was the first time that miranda comes to pick up daniel or the kids from daniel's new apartment since he is kind of like the slacker guy uh who doesn't really put any effort into anything his apartment is pretty disheveled and and he just moved in he just moved in but he's a messy dude Mm -hmm. and she just walks in and she like gives him the judgiest look like, oh, and I'm like, he's there because you asked for a divorce. So like, 
cool it with the judgment lady. But at the same time, just their banter between them was very hostile. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I found cringy about it was that the kids were like right there. So they're doing it in front of the kids. Yeah. And that is not cool. No, it wasn't. (laughs) But I understand that that happens and divorces are messy. And I think this movie does a really good job about depicting how messy divorces can get. And they don't need to be. Well, In a lot of cases, they don't need to be messy. And like there's a scene when Mrs. Doubtfire first comes to the house and uh, Miranda says something mean about Daniel and Mrs. Doubtfire is like, you know, you should probably excuse the children before you decide to talk about their father like that and she's like uh if i had to excuse them every time i talked about their father like that i'd never see him huh? yeah. but then like the look of judgment from mrs doubtfire and the look of like uh miranda's face of like oh that makes me a horrible person yeah I, it was funny but it was also kind of like depressing a little bit it's coming from mrs doubtfire as like a judgment but mm-hmm. it's also coming from daniel of being like hey how about you don't talk crap about me in front of our kids yeah but yeah, there's just like a lot of subtle moments like that that are really like realistic with the emotions of a divorce. And yeah, obviously. I assume I've never been through it. I was gonna say we've never been through it, but we had to deal with custody issues when we worked as, in our, our previous jobs. Yeah, and you could kind of see the dysfunction that some families had. Well, especially in this case of this movie, it's really one-sided. The divorce; it wasn't like a mutual thing. Mm-hmm. Daniel was perfectly fine. Like, maybe he wasn't happy in the marriage, but he also didn't put a lot of effort into fighting it or fighting for it. Uh, The other, I guess the other joke I would put in the category for I didn't get as a kid was at the dinner scene. This this whole scene is just filled (laughs) with things I didn't understand as a kid was when he's trying to get up from the table with the family so he can go change and meet the Mr. Lundy. He's like, I need to, sh-, or Mrs. Doubtfire is like, I need to take my pills. And Miranda's like, we have water right here. You can take pills. She's like, oh, I can't take them orally, dear. And I never <laughs> understood that. And I realized, like. <laughs> it's going to go take a suppository. Yeah. Yep. Oh, great. Did you have anything else you wanted to discuss? I thought it was, and we kind of just talked about it a little bit. Right away when Miranda says she wants to hire a, essentially a nanny and a housekeeper. Daniel offers yeah. to do that. Right. And he's like, I'd love to see the kids. Let me do it. And she's so spiteful. She's like, no. Even though the divorce is her idea. Yeah. But I think it's like part of the reason she wanted the marriage is that she's always the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want that, di- that dynamic anymore. And I guess if she would allow the kids to spend as much time with him, like there still would be that dynamic. As a, But... It was going to be less likely to happen because by doing that and being spiteful, the kids were still like, we want to see dad. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of lose-lose, but I think it was more your decision made it you the loser on this one. Right. Especially in your kid's eyes. Oh, the only other thing I had was, I don't know, I think, I feel like I mentioned this in the podcast uh, when we were talking about like English accents. Mm Mm-hmm. This was the first time I realized from this movie is when I learned that there was different kinds of English accents. Uh, when Stu meets Mrs. Doubtfire the first time, he's trying to like pinpoint her accent and see what region of uh, England sh- mm-hmm. she's from. And because it's a made up accent, she's kind of it's like a little wishy washy. Mm-hmm. And like when I was a kid, I was like, there's British accents and 
not British accents. Yeah, yeah you don't realize there's different regions of yeah. that. Yeah. And some people talk really proper and some really hard to understand. Like, let's say Cockney. Cockney and uh, if you're from uh, Derby. Yes. Yeah. I can understand them all now pretty much, but. Yeah, we watch a lot of British TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you want to move on? Yes. As always, it is award season here on Ruining Our Childhood. We give out two awards every week, the first of which is the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Whom did you give your award to? I thought out of the main cast, everybody served a purpose for the most part. Everybody was really well written as characters, Mm -hmm. but the one that I chose was just because there was three of them and he fell a little short in my eyes. Matthew Lawrence, Chris. I knew I was sitting there going, that's who I gave mine to as well. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you started talking, you went, there's three of them. I'm like, she's going to give it to the same kid. Because Mara Wilson is adorable. Freaking adorable. Lydia does a good job being the bitchy teenager at times. But the older, more responsible one. Yes. And then Chris, I kind of go back to that moment where you wouldn't give your dad a hug. Right. Honestly, if they were to erase them having a male child, it would get rid of half of the transphobic type problematic jokes in this movie. Yeah, very true. And the kid asked for a stripper for his 12th birthday. Very true. The very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Nothing against Matthew Lawrence or anything. Uh, His acting was fine, but it's just you need to have the ex-wife. And Sally Field obviously did an amazing job. Mm Mm-hmm. We had to have, I guess, the new love interest of Stu. Mm-hmm. When we ended the movie, I looked at you and I said, I feel like I need to nitpick to find a right. worse actor. Because, yeah, they were all good actors. And we talked about earlier, we like Matthew Lawrence. We were Big Boy Meets World fans. We like Joey Lawrence. We like the Lawrence brothers, folks. You said Big Boy Meets World. Big Boy Meets World fans. Big Boy. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen that show, Big Boy Meets World. Uh, Do you want to move on to the next award? The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting, and I'm guessing we probably have the same person. I would hope. Unless you threw a curveball. Sally Field. No, uh, Robin Williams. He's everything you would want from a Robin Williams in the sense he does a ton of impressions. Right. uh, Does a really good Porky Pig impression. But then he also tugs at your heartstrings he, he, as this dad who just wants to see and be involved in his kids' lives. Yeah, that last speech uh, at the last court hearing at the end of the movie. And even the speech that he kind of gives her when she goes to the TV studio. He gets a TV show deal as Mrs. Doubtfire and they have a, a talk. And mm-hmm. just that speech, he was very, I don't know, it just tugged at your heartstrings and it was kind of heartbreaking because how passionate he was about trying to see his kids. Mm-hmm. And it's something I feel like at the time you didn't see tons of in movies. Because I feel like male characters were written in a lot of movies for the longest time as these people that provided for their children, but they never put their children first. Like, how many movies can you think of where the dad works too much, is never there, and he's kind of like this cold, stoic figure in the family i think about right now we're binge watching Mad Men. yes and don draper he 
He has his moments. Very few and far between. Yeah. He, he's that my, and I know it's a different time period. Right. But the kids are almost a burden to him at times. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Daniel in this movie is not that. Right. His kids are his everything. Yeah. And he does it well with Robin Williams. I loved all of the scenes that he's in with Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought they played off each other quite well. Because I loved Pierce Bryson's face every time he would say something to him. Because in Stu's mind, he's Mrs. Doubtfire, this yes. older English lady. And she would say the, the rudest things to him, but in the nicest way. Yeah. And, but he he knew. Mm-hmm. And he just had this look like, I really want to punch you, but I can't punch an old lady. You know? Yeah. But it, all the stuff that he would say to him was always hilarious. But yeah, I enjoyed it. And there was times too where I almost forgot that he was Daniel. Like when he was having a heart to heart with Lydia, like Mm -hmm. the first night he worked and he was leaving and she comes out and apologizes for being kind of rude to her. And he's just like straight in character and you almost forget that he's Daniel and not Mrs. Doubtfire. The very first scene where he comes over to meet the family. Yeah. It's like, even as, you know, this is 27 years later, I'm like, that's... I, that's Robin Williams underneath there. Like, yeah. The makeup is fantastic. And then his accent at never at no point does it break mm-hmm. or sound bad. He's not Jamie Doran trying to do an American <laughs> accent and Fifty Shades of Grey. No. No, it stay. It, you remember why he was such a great actor and why he won the Golden Globe for this movie. Yeah. He's amazing. No, I, I agree. It's like... I, we've mentioned this before, but it, there's movies that you liked as kids and you remember all the zany and funny parts, you know, him trying on different makeup looks or having to deceive the social worker and having to stick his face in the pie mm-hmm. or in the meringue and all those parts. But the thing that stuck with me in this movie was just how realistic the emotions were of the family going through this divorce and yeah. the kids. And, and it was just like a really well done movie. Despite the flaws of being slightly transphobic. I was going to say, being a little transphobic, yeah. So, do you want to move on to answer the question, does this movie hold up? I say, without a doubt, it held up. It was still, like we talked about it, it wasn't just slapstick funniness that I remember from uh, as a kid. It has its issues with uh, not portraying the trans community very well, but it still was a really well written movie well acted and just a, a decent movie right i really enjoyed it i don't it. even think i would say like it depicts the trans community at all but i think if you're looking back at it like i i was thinking about the documentary we watched a couple weeks ago disclosure mm-hmm. which is about uh trans characters and actors in pop culture yes and i want to say they might have slightly mentioned this movie just the fact that it, at the time, there's only so many, I guess, things that you could, I guess, put in that category of mm-hmm. seeming like trans. Like, a man dressing up a woman is like a drag queen or a trans vestite, they would use the word. Yes. Which is would be trans or transsexual now. So I just think because there wasn't a lot of other depictions, this does look bad in that sense. Because that's what uh, people that don't know anything about transsexuals that's what their mind goes to mm-hmm. or like in disclosure they talked about uh silence of the lambs yes uh, how that's what people because they'd never met a trans person they don't the only thing they see is what they see in media or movies tv and that's why it's important to have positive 
depictions. Yes. Because he wasn't like, this is what he wanted to do for the rest of his life or anything like that. It's just, like I said earlier, means to the end. Mm -hmm. But I can see how anybody would see it as being slightly transphobic. I think it was, for me, it was just that scene with Chris walking yeah, in sure. on him peeing and freaking out. I would have been the same way at nine years old when this movie came out because I was not aware. Well, it would have been confusing. Yeah, I w exactly. But I think the way they played it up for comedy's sake, that's what makes it transphobic. Yes. It's something that we've had to deal with in a lot of the movies rewatch re as far as jokes that it's almost like nothing was off limits back in the day and now we do have limits mm -hmm. and it's not a bad thing no but we can still watch movies like this and see that 90 percent of the movie is still really well written mm -hmm. and kind of deep and and funny yeah well acted yeah yeah um so i i do agree in that instance it does hold up mm -hmm. because the majority of the movie is really good it's just they probably could take out the part where his son screams like a crazy person because he's <laughs> thought his housekeeper had a penis agreed got really deep on this one again we really did so yeah we both agree it holds up it's still a delightful movie it is if you guys get a chance rent it or if you have hbo services go stream it it's a good movie or if you own it like we don't like we don't we don't own it no we don't next week we'll have another movie for you probably mm -hmm. so next week we're doing a jim carrey week Yes. You're excited about this. We've been I playing am. this for a while. Yes. And I know we did Ace Ventura. And we did Batman Forever. Yeah. But we had been planning to do a Jim Carrey week for a while now. Mm -hmm. So your pick is the nineteen ninety four classic Dumb and Dumber. You would. Yes. And my pick is Bruce Almighty. Yes. I really liked Bruce Almighty when it came out. Two thousand nine Going backwards, everything the man did, I love. Yeah. So, whichever one wins, I will be excited because I have not seen Bruce Almighty in all, quite a few years or Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. But I do know we own both of them. Sweet. It's my birthday next week, guys. Yeah. So, that's exciting. Somebody's 34. Keep in mind, folks, I will always be older than Ashley. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. 30 was a big year for me. Yeah, you didn't do well with that one. But I think I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. So go over to our Facebook on Wednesday and vote in our poll. You can pick either Dumb and Dumber or Bruce Almighty. Head over to our Twitter, ROC Movie Podcast. You can vote on Wednesday as well. Yes, but keep in mind it's my birthday. So, I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Drop it in the notes. Happy birthday, Ashley. <sighs> Even though, keep in mind, her birthday's next week. But thanks for listening, guys. Uh, also, we uh, should be announcing our giveaway winner. Yes. At some point. Probably tomorrow. Be. Yeah. I, like I was supposed to announce it today. But we didn't set up the spreadsheet yet. No. Yeah. We'll do uh, it tomorrow. Yeah. So you'll probably already know if you're the winner. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, person that won. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, get over to our website, ruiningourchildhood.com, and join the Runers Club. So if we do another giveaway down the line, you can get entered in that. Yes. And also, we uh, just recorded a new Minnesota exclusive for the Runers Club coming up soon. 
might have something to do with the joke you made earlier. The joke I made earlier. I said it would all make sense. Yeah. Yes. And we'll we'll announce that sometime next week, maybe. For sure. I I don't know. I'm not making up rules. <laughs> I I mean I do make up the rules. Yes, you do. Okay. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you have a great week. And we'll see and you next time. Or yeah. you'll hear us next time. You'll hear us with your ears. Yes. Bye. 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 Bye.